Welcome to the American Hard Enduro Podcast. Welcome to the American Hard Enduro Podcast. I'm Drew Kirby. Today I'm joined by a very special guest, Tennessee native, one of the nicest guys you'll meet in the pits, and now we can add a new title to his name, 2022 XC1G and CC champion. Jordan, how you doing? Pretty good, man. Just uh, just living, uh, cleaning sand up from the trip down to the Dominican. Well, so that's really the reason I wanted to call and talk to you, but uh, but we might as well talk about the GNCC championship. So let's flash back. I don't know if it's set in yet. That, man, you got the number one plate. Um, t- tell me about the year. Yeah, it was um, a pretty good year, you know, coming into uh, – Coming into this season, we were pretty pretty comfortable with our bike and our setup from 21. And, you know, I think we had a good shot at, you know, being on the podium a lot this year. And uh, there were some injuries early on and uh, kind of left the door open. I knew we could kind of uh, put ourselves in that position if we didn't, if we played our cards right. Well, I mean, you know, Ben, ben was having a heck of a year until he got hurt, and uh, Stu got hurt, and then, man, you, you were getting seconds before that, and then once once they went down, it was what, you and Trevor, and then he got hurt, and, man, you just kept it consistent, and, what, got two wins on the year, your first two wins? Yeah, we got our first win this year at Snowshoe, which was a huge accomplishment, and then, uh, I mean, if I could pick one race to do it, that would have been it, <laughs> and, you know, to follow it up with another one, at the end of the year was to top the championship off with a win was, was, was truly amazing. Yeah. Well, and that asked for much more. Well, that was what was cool about that. What, what race was that where you sealed the deal and won at your second one? Um, that was, uh, the Burr Oak. Okay. So the Burr Oak, Ohio. I was watching it on, I guess, racer TV and it was like, you didn't even need to do as well as you did, but man, you kind of stuck it out there and went for the win. Yeah. You know, to, to wrap it up that weekend, I had to beat Craig DeLong. Yep. And uh, Craig was, man, he was on it that day. Like, he was on fire, and he was trying to keep it alive, his chances. And uh, he was really rallying. He was he was pushing to win that race, and uh, that would have been his first win. So to be able to, you know, step up to that next little level I needed to that day and, and get that win and clinch the championship was – a really good feeling and uh, to be able to do it in a situation like that. And just not for, for me going into that race and like knowing I had to beat Craig and then knowing how the race was breaking down during the race. It's like, you know, I got to beat him no matter where he finishes and he's leading. So we got to make it happen if we don't want to go on to the next round. Well, and then did you get, was that the, was that, that the race where you hurt your hand? Cause you ended up not racing the final race, right? No, that was uh, that was at the second to last round. Okay, perfect. So you'd yep. already locked it up when you got your hand. I did, yeah. Okay, perfect. All right, well, that, that makes life a little easier when you've uh, got that pressure off. And that was the thing, you know, like anything can happen at any race, and we were in great position that race. And, you know, it was uh, it was just in the in the spot where we just had to had to push to try to get that position and make it happen. Well, very good. Well, man, you guys, the whole Magna One team had a heck of a year, didn't they? So you got you won the G- XC1 champion. You guys won the XC3 championship too, correct? 
Yes. And then the four-wheeler XC1 title. Yep. And, and Chase won and the 258 then, title in yeah. National Enduro. Yeah. So, man, what a year. Well, uh, well, speaking of Chase, before before we forget, how's he doing? He took a, a good crash and what do we think, a foot peg to his side and uh, had to had to take an air, air flight to the hospital. How's he doing now? Yeah, not the, not the way he wanted to uh, start the uh, off-season. Start the off-season. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, we was riding at the, his track a couple weeks ago, and he just kind of got thrown with the front end down off of a jump and decided to jump off, and the bike got tangled with him, and they went down together, and yeah, just got a massive, uh, you know, hole in the side from the foot peg, and they flew him to to Nashville, and you know, things they didn't know exactly from the trauma of it, what was going on, this and that, and uh, but he's doing pretty good now. The the wound is is looking a lot better, and he's doing physical therapy like three days a week, and the kid's pushing hard to get back, and uh, man, he'll be back before you know it well very good well he, he had an awesome year i mean he's come such a long way in the last couple of years since uh since i met him and since you guys been riding together so but congratulations to the whole magna one team man that was awesome yeah thank you yeah we uh it's a good group of guys and uh you know everybody's everybody's on the same page everybody wants the same goal all right. Well, so congratulations again on the GNCC success this year. And so the first off-season race you did, which is on Thanksgiving weekend, the Ozark 100, 100 miler, uh, you went there and got the win again. And it looked like you and Nick had some good battles in that final moto. Tell, tell me a little bit about that weekend. So it never fails. <laughs> we find each other on that. They call that hill something special. Okay. Every single year we race, we find each other on that hill. Oh, it man. doesn't. And that was the the last lap, you know, coming in the night race, the last race of the weekend. I thought I had a good gap on him. And obviously he told me, he's like, I thought you had a good gap too. And I guess I just was uh, uh, taking it, just not paying attention. And man, here he comes. I hear this, you know, and he just sends it up the side of this bank that nobody has been going up. Like, I didn't even see the line he did. Wouldn't even spotted it. And, uh, it was like just doggy paddling past each other, trying to get up through that section, and just never fails. That I mean, we always find each other at that race. Well, and it was funny because he posted uh, another angle of that this morning on Instagram. It's yes. Monday, yeah. and uh, man, it was pretty cool. Like he, he definitely sent it. Whoever's taking the video said, "Man, I never even saw that line or even thought about it." <laughs> yeah, and uh, when I come up to it that last lap, I was like, you know, there was a lapper in the main line, and I was like. I'll just venture around the the way over here. I know I can get through, and you know, he. I think he's even done that before on the opposite, whatever side I'm on. Like he sent it up the other side, and like the crap, just always exactly like that. It was it was pretty epic. Oh man, <laughs> Nick just went for it, man. Yeah, he did. It looked like he was going to do something, and then right when he you were bail, you were headed out right when he got up to you. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. Hey, hold on just one second. All right, sorry about that. I had a uh, we've got a five month old puppy and she was crying at the back door. And you know what happens if you don't go take care of that? So, <laughs> oh yeah. All right, so on to the real reason I was calling. And man, so Terra Inferno, I think I said that right, was this past weekend in the Dominican Republic. I remember Travis Pastrana and Ryan Types have really been pushing it. If you, you follow them on Instagram or Facebook or anything, and a bunch of the hard enduro guys started talking about it. God, what was it? Probably two three months ago. 
Um, because mm-hmm. guys, I think Ryder was wanting to get invited. You know, you and I talked, and you were like, "Man, it'd be cool to go down there." And uh, so I guess you got invited. You went down uh, when we spoke. Got a month before the race, you were like, "Man, it's a loose program." Like you, you thought you had a bike secured. You called down there and what you couldn't figure out where to stay or the the hotel where it was supposed to be didn't know anything so uh, so tell me about the weekend did things get ironed out? Oh, it was it was just loose all weekend, <laughs> but I mean it was honestly it was so much fun. That was just part of the program, and we get down there. I, I brought a gear bag with some with some parts and stuff, and you know I'm. <laughs> I didn't think I, I thought I brought too much stuff and I get down there and I'm like, I could have brought three more gear bags <laughs> to try to get this bike together. Cause like they ended up here, I show up with a bike and it's got, I don't even know. It could have had 400 hours on it. I don't even know. <laughs> well, it, it was from the looks of it. It was at least a Husky, right? <laughs> to start with. Yeah, it was. And okay. it, like subframe was broken and you know, pieces falling off. But the subframe was repaired in two or three different spots. The back of it was broke off and, I'm just like, there's no way, <laughs> you know, like trying to get this thing together. And, but, oh, what a fun event though. Like the tracks were so gnarly down there, the, the humidity and stuff and, uh, the terrain we rode on was, I mean, it was unlike anything I've seen. I mean, I don't know that it wasn't like old coral, like the whole jungle was like old coral and there was just Ooh. holes that would go to China, like with leaves and, uh, vines intertwined over them and it was just so so different well and, and that's what i wanted to talk about so you know obviously just following along on instagram i wasn't able to catch any of the live broadcasts which is pretty cool they did that um but so i remember i think you texted me and said the formats changed and so you guys did a two-hour hair scramble then you had a night hard enduro and then the beach race so let's start with the two-hour hair scramble that i think cody ended up winning and it destroyed his hands which is surprising yep so it was uh, originally supposed to be kind of like a hair, like what you, what you call a hair scramble. Yeah. And uh, you went down this big old quarry and it was all like uh, pushed around with a dozer. And it was, it was pretty sick. Well, that ended up being like the track part of the track. You roll around in second gear, sitting in the seat, trying to survive. <laughs> that was the, reco- that you, was the recovery zone. <laughs> when you crossed out of the quarry, it was like all jungle, like hard enduro jungle, not really like, anything impossible but so physical like constantly just trying to keep on a good line not slide down a rock not go over the bars like just on your toes the whole time so i mean it was i think the first i don't know how long the laps were they were probably 15 to 18 minutes or so but i mean uh two hours on that you know it got pretty got pretty nasty especially there was this black dirt that got all over everything and uh the stuff got treacherous well um I, again i saw the results pop up cody cody ended up beating tristan and manny i think and then you yes. were nowhere to be found and so i was texting i think i was sending mary messages trying to figure out what happened and it came out your your bike locked up but then so, it yeah. didn't have oil or uh, run us through this whole scenario so here's how my day started it's like <laughs> that's whole weekend started i go to the starting line and I pull up to the starting line. I done rode everything good. Bike was all right, everything. Uh, I go to like, you know, we're like two minutes, five minutes to go. My button don't work. It won't even start. <laughs> oh, the start button wouldn't even work. And I'm like, you know, what's going on? What the heck, dude? I was freaking out. None of the mechanics speak English. Like, 
they didn't know how to to do do a lot of stuff and it was like we started pulling on this stuff and pulling on wires and finally could turn it a certain way and the thing would fire up so i was just like okay whatever i'm gonna leave it running I finally was brave enough to shut it off because we had to, to <laughs> yeah, start say. the race. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it started. So it started. We took off. And, uh, okay, let's back up one second. Okay. So be- right before I went to the starting line, before the button issue, I was looking in the oil tank, and I'm like, I need oil. I oh, we're, talk- we're talking the – they, uh, the... they use some funky colored oil down there. So, okay, like, so that's the injection like oil, not your gear oil. Uh. Yeah, injector okay. oil. Yeah, injector oil. Okay, go ahead. So I'm looking I'm looking in the thing, like, I think it's got some in it. I don't know. I was like, I need oil. I want to top it off. So I'm, like, trying to chase somebody down. This is 10 minutes before it starts. So I'm trying to chase somebody down. I chase them down, two or three different people, and they come over there. They're like, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're leaning the bike over, looking in it. Like, they're, it's good. Everything's good. You, we can see it. We're, you're good. And I'm like, whatever. Okay, so we go to the starting line. Then the button issue. Then we take off. I get to the farthest side of the quarry, about eight-tenths of a mile in, and you got a hill climb out. As soon I fell in the corner, uh, jump up, hold the bike, and just start going up the hill, and it goes, whoa, like just, just seized up completely. Oh. And I was just thinking, are you serious? It doesn't have oil in it. Like, the... <laughs> You were, so, you were correct in your thoughts, right? That it needed yeah, oil. I was 100% correct, and I knew it. And, like, there was nothing I could do about it because I didn't have any oil to put in it. Yeah. So we go back. Uh, I throw a little fit down there because I'm so mad about it all because, you know, I mean, the first day of the weekend, it's ruined. It's over. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Before it started. As it hardly Before barely even started. Really start. Yeah. Didn't even get to get to the woods to see what it looked like. And uh, so I get it started a couple different times after it would cool down and I decided just to leave it down there. So I like jogged. Okay. Imagine jogging in the jungle with full riding gear well, in I, the sun in well, the middle of the day. I meant to ask after looking at Cody's hands, how hot was it down there? 85. Okay. So it was full summer. What we're used to. It summer. just rained. Oh. Poured the rain right before we started. Okay. It. And so 85 and a lot of humidity. Yes. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> So I get, I climb out, I run, I climb out of this like big quarry, go back to the pits, and then, so I'm searching for oil now. So I was like, well, there's one parts bike here, the one that I didn't choose when they lined our box up because it was the one that was a broke sub, the really bad one. (laughs) The worst of the two. I was like, I'll just take it. You know, I'll go down there, grab my transponder off, and I'll just finish the race on that bike. We're good to go. Yeah. Well, that bike didn't have a wheel on it because somebody else had broke a hub. (laughs) Stole the wheel. uh, Stole the wheel off of it. So and I'm like, there's not, there's not one motorcycle up here I could ride. So I dumped that bike over. It had some oil in the tank, poured it in a water bottle. Meanwhile, all these guys are like trying to figure out what I'm doing. Okay. So like, I'm just like, back up, leave me alone. I got this. Like I'm a Tennessee redneck. I yeah. can do it. Yeah. I'm having and, a moment. Get out of my way. <laughs> yeah. So I pour some gas in his water bottle, swish it around, clean it out. Then I, then I just d- start dumping oil in it out of the out of the oil tank. So you, you turn the, the bike over enough to get it out of the the fill tube. Then yes. Oh wow. Okay. So I put about a quarter of the bottle of oil in it, uh, fill up the bottle about a quarter, and then I run back down to the bottom. So I'm like, it'll be good, you know. So I go back to the bottom of the quarry. 
Mary's behind me. She's she's bringing my helmet, and my gear, and stuff. And I think I got all the way back to the bike, and she's nowhere to be seen. I think I was yelling at her, and she was like <laughs> getting mad at me about the whole thing. And it was just it was comic. It's comical now. Oh yeah, a, a great uh, honeymoon, not like, honeymoon, a I great vacation. Gun, where's my helmet? I can't even go nowhere. <laughs> oh god. So the bike get down there, and I was like, I'm not even putting it in the oil tank. Like I'm just dumping the gas. That way, we're just going to be good. Yeah. So I pour some in the gas and I get the bike started. It's still season up. Like I'm shaking it, you know, mixing it up, whatever. And we finally, <clears throat> she gets, she gets down there with my helmet. I said, I'm getting it back. However, if I have to push it and just like a little bit of time, I'm getting it back. So I got it back. It seized six times probably before I got it back to the pits area. Yeah. And then pull the wheel off of it. Put it on the old junker bike, move my transponder over, and I finally get to start the race. <laughs> well, was, was the was the junker bike the one that had all the green stuff on it, like the triple clamps and the the radiator guards, or was that your good bike? That was my good bike. Okay, all right. I thought that was some so interesting the one, the choice one of the, color. The junker was the one with the destroyed subframe. Okay, uh, virtually no front forks, and yada yada yada. All right, so then that's what you ended up finishing the the two hour race on. Yes. Okay. And then we're, so we're, it wasn't much of a race at that point to me. I started, I think, 34 minutes late, basically. Well, so I just go out there, and I'm just like, I just want to ride a, a lap around the track to see what it's like. Yeah. So I just, and the bike was not very good. So I just was just really creeping. So I creeped around. I think I ended up making like six or seven laps. Okay. And uh, I think they made... Cody made 14, probably. Okay. So, I mean, we were way back. I think I got 11th like that first day. Well, how, many, how many riders was, were down there? Or how many riders started that race? I think there were like 26, okay. 25. Okay. So, it wasn't like a hair scramble to 100 people or anything? No. No, definitely not. Okay. Because I guess it was all so, invitational, so you couldn't just show up and do it. No, yeah. The only – there were some locals and stuff there, that, like best local guys, and then combined with all the guys that came, so – um all right well so then oh, yeah that was day one yeah that was, it was very eventful a good start a good uh, start to the weekend yeah great start but i mean hey we was in the dominican yeah. right well and, and some of the pictures you know it, it ended up you did stay in a resort right i mean that's where you guys ended up staying we got to stay at uh margaritaville and Capcana, which was sick it was awesome well and that's what uh, you know i was i think mary either had your phone or had your instagram or i was messaging her and i'm like next year my wife and i are coming and my wife said, I couldn't race. I'm like, I don't care. It looks like a fun place to go and go hang out. Exactly. And, it, and, that, and that it was. So that's like, at the end of the day, it's like, that's exactly how we looked at it. Too. It's like, yeah, back to up, but it's okay. We had a ball. It was fun. Okay. So two questions about that hair scramble. I saw a video of Stu Baylor. He didn't look like he was in race shape at all, um, judge on body type, but he is a bigger guy. What, it, it, did he rip his jersey off and end up riding in just his chest protector and uh, camelback? Yeah, he just full send it. Okay, was he down yep. there having more fun than he was uh, racing? Maybe. Uh, I would say so. Okay, <laughs> no one's doing yeah. all right. Definitely. Okay. I mean, it was it was a it was a lot of fun down there, and and he was having a good time. Well, and I couldn't believe like I didn't know half those dudes that were coming. I didn't know Taylor Robert was going to be there. I didn't know Josh Toth was going to be there. Um, yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, <laughs> until I get down there, yeah. I was like, oh look, I was like, we had a full GNCC crew there before yeah. we even knew it. Like well, me. Toth and uh, Stu? and Stu. Yeah. Well, and then um, 
like I said, I was surprised. And then I didn't know Tristan was going to be there. And I talked to Ryder because he would, he originally was going to go. And then he ended up not going because of the Husky photo shoot. But he said Tristan was going, which surprised me. Um, so, man, it was, I mean, yeah, I guess Tristan left straight from the photo shoot or right after him and Taylor both and just oh, okay, went right down there. Okay. Well, that worked out. Um, yeah. All right. So, Day one is a forgetful day, so we'll move on to day two, which is the night. Oh, my other question. What did you do for tires down there? Did you take so, them? I brought some Michelins okay. from from home and uh, kind of like <clears throat> took took three check bags, took like the, one, a big Apple Star gear bag. Mm-hmm. I like laid on my tires, <clears throat> squished them up, wrapped them up with like twine okay and got them compressed and shoved oh. them in a gear bag and took tires oh that's the way to do it and i guess you took a couple so, of mooses to go with them or one i took a set of mooses too so okay. like i had i took everything tire wise that i needed okay well and that was i guess someone i saw read somewhere that Stu didn't have a gummy tire and i don't know if i was at the hair scramble or the night hardener and i'm like wow, that was even- the first day they they had a few tires they had tires but it was i think they had uh Midas, okay i believe yep but, I mean, it was kind of first-come, first-serve, grab-what-you-can kind of deal. That's where you, I, I knew it. Like, I just wanted to take my own stuff. Yeah. No, that, that was a very a wise move. Sound like you maybe should have shipped a bike down, too. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> All right. So, then, let, let's go to the next day in the uh, the, hair, the night hair scramble. Let's hear about that. Or the night hard enduro, excuse me. All right. So, being our fin- basing off the finish in day one, we get to start, like, I think, second or third row. Third row on uh, the night race and the night race was we walked the track it was like 1.2 miles and there were like these three big craters that's what i would call them like and you just kind of went in and like in zigzagged all through them around the edges up and down them, and then you'd cross it and go into the next one okay and uh that was kind of the layout of the track but it was all super tight not flowy Kind of hard to stand up. You kind of kind of trousy. Like your wheels had to, wheel placement had to be good everywhere. Like right. that makes sense. Yep. And uh, walking it, the obstacles were like, "There's no way." Like this stuff is going to be the most, like craziest stuff ever. And then we get to we got to racing, and like it wasn't as bad as it looked, but it was still really difficult. Okay. So it was it was raceable, but it was. Like you're just trying to literally get around each lap clean and not like get your get yourself upside down stuck in a hole, like a lot of guys did. I was gonna say I saw a few pictures of some bikes going upside down. Yeah, because like I said, like you get off the track there and they had these like bamboo poles lining the tracks tied to trees, and if you went outside of them, it's untelling where you're going. <laughs> you're gone. <laughs> well, how how long was that race? That race was an hour plus a lap. Okay, how many how many laps you do then? I think we've done seven or eight again, something okay. like that. I was one down from Tristan. Okay, uh, and I finished third on the third on the night. Uh, I had no idea what position I was in the whole time. Yeah. Like I knew Tristan and Cody were in front of me, but other than that, I had no idea. Like I just kind of riding my own race in the dark and just you know trying to trying to clear obstacles and survive the night because i mean guys were going out like i mean just going out like crazy like just the track was so brutal and it was so hot even at night it was ridiculous well again 
what do you think led to Cody's hands blistering up like that? Just the humidity and, and I, mean, I think you the humidity issues? and the sweating. Okay. Like just, and it's so jittery, like the, your back's so jittery there on the rocks. You're just constantly just, you know, jittering your teeth out. Well, all right. So can we talk about what bike you rode in this race? Cause I think I know, but from pictures, it wasn't a white bike. Let's just say that. So, uh, I mean, it was a, um, as Tyler Shepard called it, an orange Magna One Husqvarna. <laughs> well, uh, what cracked me up is if you looked at it from the front, I can't remember what number was on the front. You had shrouds. One, two, seven. Okay, one two seven on the front. There was a red number three on one side, and yep. one uh, one two seven on the other side as well, I believe. Yeah, it was just <laughs> part of the experience, you know, just piece together what we can and throw graphics on it because so this it was actually Taylor's bike on the first day. Okay, that's what I was. He ended wondering. up hurting his thumb and. Yep not racing it so the second and third day so uh he was like you can ride mine and i'm like well i don't have anything else i appreciate it thank you <laughs> well i was wondering <laughs> you know, it was very nice of him to let me to let me ride it so well did ktm send bikes down there for tristan and him and manny no okay so they were riding whatever they could scrounge yeah. up manny had a new bike uh not sure exactly whose it was but it was a new one and uh Tristan or that one the one I got was was fairly new as well and then they kind of went downhill from there I think so I mean, these are all just like local dudes like if if a bunch of foreigners came to Tennessee we just gave them bikes our own bikes that's kind of what y'all are riding yes okay. exactly all right well hey you know I guess there's not that many bikes down there. there there really isn't and for the amount of people that came especially I mean that's a lot of bikes to come up with yeah oh I can imagine all right so Third on the well, the night race, hard enduro. So then we're going to the beach race, and uh, tell, that's where all the crazy obstacles were. I know, I know you were a little nervous about some of them. They all looked pretty safe, from what I could tell from videos. So yeah, none of the stuff Travis and Ryan dreamt up and made plans for happened. So I was cool with it because the track was super raceable. Yeah, except for like one obstacle or two. Uh, we had this big, huge scaffolding system okay. and you when you came up to it you either went right or left yeah. so there was, there was two went, ways and to you get had to a, the top like right? 90 degree pivot inside on like a 45 degree board yep to get up to, to one layer and then you go up and go left go right on one left on the other and if you went on the other side you went in left and you went up right so okay. either way you went you had to turn both ways well, it, it kind of looked like something you'd see, like a kid's playground, you know, where the kids race to the top and they each go in, yes. you know, a different side. And it, that it was looked, that was pretty pretty accurate. Yeah, and it was it was really cool, but like it got so bottled up. Oh, I didn't. I haven't seen any videos of that, so they must not have been showing that. I mean, it, did you end up having to push up some of those, or if you got squared up, could you pop up? If you got them, if you came in them and, and did them just right, you could actually like. Wheelie pivot turn all the way through it, one of them at a time. Just wheelie pivot, wheelie pivot, and out. Uh, yeah. But like it had to be perfect. Like it was hard to do every single time. And a lot of like the first three, four laps, if you got a good start, were no problem. But the last two laps were a problem because you coming, coming back if you didn't them. choose the right side, you might have three people you're waiting on, or you might have nobody you're waiting on. Uh, which is exactly what happened to me. So it was how how long was that course? Like what did a lap take you? It was you know, I never seen a full lap. Like you, and just for everyone so the out there. Laps, we done hot laps to start the day. Okay. You got like one to two hot laps. If you had if you got your first one clean, you'd be done. And I think uh Tristan done like a one thirty three. Okay. 
me and Cody were 136s, and then like that was around about the laps. I don't know if they got faster during the main, probably a little bit. Tell me, we're talking a minute and 36 seconds? Yeah. God, it would take me that just to get up that obstacle. <laughs> yeah, and, what and, and it was uh, an eight-minute moto. We had three eight-minute oh, motos. Holy cow. Okay, so that's that was my next question. So you ended up winning Moto 1. So was it just a – well, uh, we'll talk about the start because I saw some video. Was it live engine start for the motos? Live engine, like moto-style start. Okay. Like Sob stood out there, threw a crutch in the air, dropped it, take off. Okay. Well, and so I saw one – I don't know which moto it was, but Ronnie – I think it was Ronnie Mack decided to get a little jump on everybody. And then the guy on a trials bike went with him and then stopped and – so it, was it was it that loose? <laughs> it was that loose, okay. and I mean, Ron just kind of does whatever. So <laughs> he just sent it and and went for it, and I think that was the one he ended up just launching into the ocean. Yeah. So. Well, and then I guess it was him that did that, and then the ne- whoever that other dude was, it backflipped off that. I mean, would, would you even Insane. send? Would you even send it off of there into the ocean just straight? No, it was <laughs> like three feet deep rock. Well, I, that's what I was surprised about when he backed no it. He stood up and he was waist deep. Yeah, and like we all talked about it and we were like, you know, can he do that? Like, is that possible? Like to flip that? Right. And and they were like, oh yeah, we got 100% confidence in him. He can do it. He can land it perfect. And sure enough, like just full it. You can tell the rotation's off-centered, almost yep. like a 360 flip. Yep, he, he definitely corked it. because the ramp is not straight. He's hitting it, and his wheels are coming off, front's coming off at one angle, and the back's off the other, and he just still just sent it and landed it perfect. Well, it, it, I'd be worried about wheel spin and then not getting the rotation would have been my thing. But, I mean, like you said, it corkscrewed him a little bit anyway because how turning it was. Oh, what did it you, was insane. Was it that, was insane. That was during like, the people mo- that watch it, yeah, that don't ride motorcycles have no idea oh. how much how sketchy that was. I can't. I can't even. I, I'm scared to do a backflip off a ramp on the dock into the lake. So I can't imagine on a dirt bike off that thing into three feet of water. Knowing you have to land wheel to wheels. Yeah, yeah. If you if you don't rotate it, you're getting crushed. Mm. Um, okay. Was that during one of the motos? I think that was a. Third moto. Okay. Yeah. So were you, you were obviously racing. Do you have any idea it happened till afterwards? Uh, no. I, I heard him talking that he might do it or somebody might do it, but uh, you never know around there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sounds like <laughs> you it. never know. All right. So let's go through the motos. Uh, and, and for for those of you listening to this, Jordan's putting your helmet cam on YouTube, right? Yep. Go got. Ahead. I've got all three motos up on YouTube. Uh, just uh, look up. You know, Terra Terra Inferno. Uh, I think it was it's beach race, and okay. uh, you should be able to find it. Or click on my Instagram. Uh, I've got a link in my profile to it. So, and what's your what's your YouTube channel? Just your name? Uh yes, I okay. believe so. All I right. think it's Jay Ashburn one two seven is my. Yep. Okay. All right. So then let's go back. So you, let's take us through race one. You ended up winning moto or moto one. Yeah. So pulled the whole shot on moto one and. uh Led uh, led around the first two laps, fell in the rock pile, and then Tristan was right behind me, and I blocked the whole rock pile so he couldn't get around. <laughs> and I picked my bike up, and he snuck by, down going down into the sand back by the start. We go out of the next corner. I mean, absolute, just like almost banging bars with each other, literally. Sent it down the start straight over the plane wing, like – and you're, we're jumping the flat like 70 feet 
in the same. It was awesome. Yeah, it, it was so much fun. It looked fun. And then I crossed up past him going into the corner by the water. And he cuts the inside on me. I mean, we battled like this the whole time. It was it was awesome. Like good, good, clean fun, right? Not nothing. Yeah, it was fun. Not trying to kill each other. And then uh, he ended up. I think he his wheel broke. Something broke on the wheel. Like okay. it got real wobbly on him towards the end of the moto. Mm-hmm. So he skipped the jump. So I got a little lead on him, like a pretty good little lead. He skipped the jump the last lap, like the step on step off, like that big floating platform thing. Yeah, so you had to go through these chicanes if you didn't do it. Ah, okay. So and, that uh, wasn't an illegal miss. So I was like, option. you know, I, I was in a good position, like for Moto2 to win. Like, really good position. And then I come to the scaffolding. And I'm like, you know, like roll the dice. Which side are you going to go? So I choose the left side because I've been in the left all day. And I uh, get up there. And I get hung up long enough to where he makes a pass on me. Wait, so this was Moto 2 or is this Moto 1? Sorry, sorry, Moto 1. Okay. I just messed that all up. Yeah, yeah. We're still Moto 1. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. He passes me the last lap in the scaffolding. And right. we only have like three obstacles left, two obstacles left before we get back to the finish. So okay. he passes me on the scaffolding. We come off, go through the plane, and uh, go back through the rocks. And I try to get close to him in the rocks as I could. And as we send it down the straight back toward the last corner before the, the finish line, I just went driving in as hard as I could and pushed in on the inside of him and kind of closed the door and got the win on the first moto. Like, oh, just like last by turn. the skin of my teeth. Oh, yes. Nice. <laughs> it was insane. Like, it was the closest race. Like, it was awesome. It was, it was a fun race. Um, and then that was, so that was a result of, of the first moto. Okay. All right, so then, then, uh, then Moto2, because I've seen, I think he wins, Cody won, what, Moto2, and then Tristan wins Moto3. Does that sound right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So what happened? What were so, your results there in two and three? Do what? I said, what, how'd you do in, in Moto2 and Moto3? Yeah, Moto2, I led the whole race to the last, whole shot, I led the whole race to the last lap. Same thing happened to me in the thing. Oh. Got, I got passed in the, in the, in the thing again, the last lap. Okay. And ended up finishing second. So oh. I was pretty bummed. Cody rode me. I mean, we had a, a heck of a battle. I mean, it was insane. So much fun. And then lost it right there on the last just because of, you know, lappers again. Yeah. So it, that was the only thing that was annoying about the race is it was it needed to be a little more open for that factor. Okay. Well, were, were the guys that you were lapping in there, were they the local pros? I mean, were they like my level? Were they like B riders? I mean – what was, no, what was the I mean, range of were, talent? I mean, the guys, you had the guys on the trial spikes and then uh, everybody. I mean, you can watch the videos and uh, and kind of see it all. Okay, so. I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so then, Mo, so you got, so you went first, you went one, two, and then, so Tristan, I assume, was third in that one then. Yes. Okay, and then what, yep. what happened to Moto3? Uh, so Moto3 <clears throat> took off, got a bad jump. Swept around the first corner and I went down the first corner. Oh. So way in the back. And then pushed like super hard because, you know, I've got eight minutes, whatever. I don't have no time. Yeah. Crashed twice the first lap. Had to wait in the, th- the pit or the, the scaffolding forever. Got, and then just basically just tried to work my way through everybody the whole race. And me and 
uh, Stu battled two laps. Me and Toth battled almost two laps and uh, ended up making my way all the way to third. And that's as far as, you know, those two were checked out and gone. Oh, yeah. By that point. But yeah, just a bad start. The start was pretty crucial on, on that event. But we ended up, you know, so whoever finished, whatever the order was in that last moto was the it was going to be the podium for that day. I gotcha. Okay. And uh, I missed the overall podium third by one point. Oh, well, I was uh, I was wondering about that because I, I posted from, from the first day, so yeah. one point co- it, it costed me. Oh well, I was I, I posted I guess the results from the beach race. You know, where you ended up yeah. third. I ended up, I thought you ended up third for the weekend. So well, we did too. Everybody told us we was, and okay. then we were up there, and then. They didn't actually do a podium for the last day, which was kind of weird because they did every other day. But they uh, just did an overall podium, and they're like, oh, no, you're not there. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, all right, because they told me I was, and they told me I wasn't. But I think it was uh, Rigor. Is that right? I think that's how you say his name. Yeah, I, 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 I Costa never, Rica, I was say, he, I he got, ended up third. So, okay. Well, um. All right, so overall recap of the whole event, you, would you do it again? Was it? Was it, it sounded like it was fun at least. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I would definitely do it again. And, you know, I think I could be, be a little more competitive and I'll be a lot more competitive in the first race too. If, if we have some little better equipment next time and, uh, I had a blast though. I mean, couldn't ask for, ask to have any more fun on a dirt bike, like riding cool obstacles on the beach. Like it doesn't get any better than that. Um, how far away was the venue from the, the hotel you guys stayed at? Just about ten minutes. Okay, so it was all it was all pretty close. Yep, it was all right okay. together, and all right. Uh, it was it was pretty good. Well, it, it, I was blown away when we went to the second day, and they had all these live TV. They yeah. had the cameras everywhere. These trucks there set up with the antenna. Like I was like, wow, this is big. <laughs> like they had their local sports sports people there, like videoing it all. Really? Well, hey, if you could have just gotten some bikes to go with all, all the media coverage, it would have been a little yeah. better. Well, what about uh, Cody's bike? Was it just a uh, someone Sherco? It was. Okay. Uh, he he got one, I think, from the importer there. Ah, okay. He knew it was one of the top guys there's bike, I think. Okay. And then he just kind of you know set it up uh, his to stuff. his liking. I gotcha. Um, well, cool, man. Well, hopefully they'll have it next year, and uh, I need to put it on the calendar. If everyone's going down there, we need to need to make a little vacation out of it for sure. Definitely, if they do it again, I I, I hope everybody anybody comes because it was it was an awesome event. I mean, just a cool, no stress for nobody. You know, we're all hanging out after each day, just talking about it, reminiscing and living. Like you know, it's not like we're. It was just fun. It was a great, good environment to be. To, to race in and, and have fun. Well, that sounds like a fun off-season race. Uh, yeah. Just everyone to hang out in good crowds. So now I guess, is it officially the off-season? Uh, yeah, for what, like a month? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, well, when's the first GNCC? I, I know the schedule's out. I haven't seen it. Uh, end of February. Oh, geez. So, yeah, you're you're back to training pretty quick then. Yeah, January we're training. I mean, we're training before then, but really start training in January, and then it's – you know, it's pretty full steam ahead. Then the season is wide open till for me till June. Yeah, till y'all summer break. March, April, and then you get start getting a little break in May. I mean, it's pretty busy. 
What are you doing? Anything else besides GNCCs next year? Focus like series wise. I know you might hit some hard enduros, but it's going to be really hard. I don't know if I'll be able to do any of the hard enduros with scheduling okay. this year. Yep, is we're because we are we're really busy in that very first part of the year too. Yep. So maybe I can do some local stuff, local Sears or something. But as far as the big ones, I don't. I just can't really pull going to a a, a four hour hard enduro, five hour hard enduro. In between the GNCC weekend. <laughs> yeah, not, not a good recovery weekend. Well, um, no, it's just not really possible. What about like Sprint Enduro Series? Are you doing any of those or are you just focus on GNCC? Just just GNCC. Okay. I may do some stuff. We'll see if, it, if that's subject to change, but nothing planned. Just mainly focus on uh, that GNCC this year and uh, and trying to trying to keep it number one. Oh, man. Well, again, congratulations on that. And speaking of GNCCs, I, I meant to bring this up earlier. Are you going to recognize any of the uh, guys out there racing? I think half the, the XE1 and XE2 classes swap bikes or teams or, man, the silly season hit they hard no this idea. year. Like, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's like musical bikes. Oh, like, my gosh. What, what was it, the 30th, November 30th, like things went oh, nuts? Oh, yeah. The internet broke? I think yeah. I had to turn my phone off. Well, it, it was... Like, it, well, and it's crazy because, you know, we all hear rumors and, and, you know, you and I, you'd heard some stuff you told me and, and most of it was pretty accurate. But the one that got me was the Zach Osborne to Yamaha to race XC2. I mean, what do you think about that? That, that was pretty unbelievable, honestly. Yeah. Like, I could see XC1, but XC2, yeah, I was surprised by that. Well, and, I mean, to leave Husky, it seems like, you know, it seems like he's been with them, I think it was 2017, he's been with them since then. And it's like, I wonder, you know why they didn't do anything but i you know i heard ampro had an opening i guess maybe with Stu leaving and talk mm-hmm. about, talk I about think making that's a probably splash the way it went, yeah yeah and but yeah he said i think a year oh, it's a two-year deal so a year in xc2 and then if that goes well he'd move up to xc1 yeah well and i think it shows a lot of respect you know you said not xc1 but i think it shows he has a lot of respect for you guys and what you're doing like you know he's ridden some some gnccs he knows how fast y'all are going now Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. I think like, he, give me he definitely knows what knows what he's knows what he's doing and what he's training for and getting into. Yeah. And I think that's you know, I'm sure that was his plan. Uh, doing some races here the past couple of years and uh, trying to fill out what he what he needed to do. Yeah. Well. Um, well. So last thing, how was um, how was Travis Pastrana and Ryan Sipes? Like I hung out with Sipes quite a bit. He's How's his recovery going? I notice obviously he still has the crutches. He is he making improvements? So he told me. I think he told me. I could. I don't. I think this is the way he said it. Could be wrong, but I think he said maybe a couple more weeks and he might be able to come off crutches okay. and start walking some. So see, he is it like that last surgery tech doing well then? Yeah, I think so. Um, he said he all the other surgeries never felt like he was making any progress, and this one he said he feels like he is making a little progress. So. Uh, he said he was really sore when he got down there, uh, but he said I think it was because when his muscles start firing, he gets really sore, and those muscles that were sore had never been have not been firing. So they're oh. like stuff was starting to work that hadn't been working the same. Oh man, that, that's good news, man. Talk about. So I think right. that's good news, and he's like, man, I, I want to race this so bad next year. So I hope everything goes well with that, and he's able to race this event next year and. And add another uh, add another guy out there. Absolutely. Well, then, I, so I one dude I've never even been close to is Travis Pastrana. Have you met him before? How was he? That was the first time I've met him, and 
just like you see him on any interview, you know, it was super cool and uh, very enthusiastic about everything and just, just pumped on everything, everyday life and the racing and everything, you know, it was just uh, always in a big way. Well, that's, that, that's good to hear. You know, I've heard that about him, that he's that same guy on the camera, off the camera. So yep, cool to hear absolutely. that. That's, that's exactly what genuine. I thought. It's like, he's just the same as you see when he does an interview. Like so energetic and so pumped all the time. Awesome. Well, man, Jordan, thank you for your time. I guess uh, we talked a little bit about Magna One. Anyone else you want to thank? Yeah, Oscar Varna, the whole crew, uh, Loose Racing, just uh, everybody that was in our corner this year that uh, kind of put put uh, helped us and put trust in us, and we've done our part. And you know, Michelin was a huge part of our team this year, and they will be next year. And uh, I will be at Magna One next year, so that uh, going to keep the ball rolling. All right, man. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for your time. Went a little longer than I was expecting, but uh, that was a good recap of the team. I went into, I guess I went in a little too in too depth. But <laughs> no, right. I, well, hey, was, as long as you're willing to stay on here and talk about it, then uh, no, it's all good, man. I appreciate it. Sounds good. All right, man. Talk to you soon. All right. See you, bye. See you.